Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weep Cafe. We're trying to get back on this bi-weekly thing. I'm Chris, that's Claire. What are we talking about today, Claire? Today we are doing another rant. I know y'all were excited for it and this time we are doing queer baiting because it's an issue and as two queer people, we hate to see it, but we love to rant about it. Always. As usual, I have a list of a very precise list that I think will make sure that will flow and everything will kind of make sense. But as we already know, we're going to go off on some tangents and that's okay because now we're prepared for it. But we're going to start off uh, for, for the homies who don't know it. Chris, why don't you tell us what queerbaiting is? Queerbaiting is a marketing technique for fiction and entertainment in which creators hint at, but then do not actually depict same-sex romance or other LGBT representation. We hate it, it's stupid, and it's very normalized in our media and in our society, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're going to list some animes that we believe are queerbaiting, and again, we believe it but we also know it. Uh, so I think the one, the first one that comes to my mind immediately is Free. <laughs> it's so gay. The people that, the characters that are queerbaited is every single one of them, except for uh, the manager, who is just like, oh, muscles, yes. But literally everyone else, all the main characters are queerbaited, um, and it's stupid. Not saying that you can't, this is one thing that I think we're going to bring up later. Just because a show has queer baiting, it doesn't mean you can't like the show. You're still allowed to like anime, even if it's has like these kind of negative connotations. You can still enjoy it, but you just have to be mindful of the harm that it can do to people. So, list another anime, Chris, that has queer baiting. Who could forget the 90s Sailor Moon with our favorite pair of cousins? I'm glad they righted that wrong in the redub and the reboot, but like still, man, they ain't cousins. One that is also kind of an OG queer baiting uh, top tier anime, Naruto! <laughs> Specifically with Sasuke and Naruto, even in... The, the early 2000s, they really said, we're going to only kind of make it gay. gay. And then not. Another show, again, going back to the 90s, would also be Card Captor Sakura. Because it is very well interpreted, interpreted by a lot of the fans that uh, Sakura's brother and his friend um, are dating. And they are very close for friends. I think the main one that is very prominent right now and that literally everyone knows, My Hero Academia, which honestly could be a whole podcast on queerbaiting specifically on My Hero Academia. But I think the biggest one, um, honestly, I, I wrote down Deku and Bakugo, which is true. But honestly, the more I've thought about it, Bakugo and Kirishima are hella queerbaited. I would even say more. Did you see all the shit on Twitter 
um, after the second movie dropped with people doing theories about there was one bed in their hotel room. And like, I was like, oh, y'all. I was like, stop. <laughs> stop, please. It's, uh, it's just, it's a lot. And we're going to talk about how people's, uh, people wanting to think or write fan fiction or even cosplay two characters and cosplay them as being queer or being gay or be or dating and stuff like that is not the same thing as queer baiting. Not the same thing. If Chris dresses up as Bakugo and our friend Ash dresses up as Deku and they take a photo of them like being a couple, that is not the same thing as a writer, as like an author and as an anime company making characters act romantic around each other and then not make them be together. It's it's different. And I think that a lot of people don't really understand that. I have a list of like things that people say in response to queerbaiting that are kind of negative and then we're going to go through those and kind of talk about the bullshit that is underneath. Do you have another one, Chris? Love Live, deadass, Ellie and Nozomi. Nozomi likes to grab titties. Like, it's wild. And then, what else? Uh, Madoka Magica is also very uh, queer baby as well. This is gonna be maybe a bit controversial. I don't know. But I think Attack on Titan, in some aspects, is has queer baiting. Do share. It's been, it's kind of muddled because the author has confirmed, I believe, uh, that Historia and Ymir are, to, like, they are, like, a couple. Wait, that's canon? Like, that's for sure canon now? I don't know. Be I, it's just because it's been kind of muddled on mm -hmm. fan okay. theories. So also, while you're talking about that, this, there is specifically a scene that sticks out in my head. And I want to say it's from season two or three. It's after they've been ambushed and they are hiding in a like rundown castle and they're sca scavenging for food. And it's Ymir and Reiner. And they've gone off and Ymir notices that Reiner can read this other language that's on like a fish can or whatever. And he said he makes a joke about her being gay. And then she turns around and says the same thing to him. So, like, there's also that. Because, uh, Reiner could have been in love with Bertolt, or, like, Loki probably in love with Aaron, let's be real. <laughs> Valid. Um, so, no, it is not confirmed. Not, I mean, people are saying that it's confirmed, but there's no... There, I can't find a, like, comment by Isayama saying they are confirmed or at least i'm not seeing it there's no way they're not gay like there i mean there's nowhere they they aren't but i but going a part of that one of the things that i think they do queer bait is um armin <laughs> i think they queer bait that boy hardcore not my baby the the baby boy poor baby boy fucking made him dress up as krista <laughs> i know that was funny but my poor boy. I also think Marco and John are queer, queer baited. I could see that as well. 
Yeah. It's just the whole, like, literally Marco is like, you'd make a great leader. I'd follow you to the ends of the earth. And then, spoiler alert, he doesn't get to. But it's just kind of... It's... Uh, oh, man. Okay, we're going to get into it. But those are just, like, some animes that we really are, like, queer baiting, queer baiting, queer baiting. Like, 100%. So, next point. Um, why is queer baiting harmful? Do you want... I have a whole thing. But do you want to start, Chris? I mean... You research far more than I do, but yeah, I can pull something out of my ass. <laughs> no. Um, so the reason it's harmful is because you lead people in with this like false security that they're going to see a character that like represents them and they'll be able to connect with. And then you lead it all up to this is what they're like. And you're like, oh, my God, I understand that. I get it. And then you suddenly like rip that away from them. I'm like, ha they're hetero. Um, and then people just feel discouraged and kind of... Um, glossed over because they don't get to see themselves like represented in any type of media um which i mean we're getting a lot better about that now but queer baiting is still so heavy in a lot of things that's valid that is exactly why that is a such a more concise and clear way to say what i wrote down but here we go (laughs) i'm so sorry i stole your thunder you stole you were just like man i got it on lock like 10 sentences or less could not be me. All right. So here is why I think it's harmful. So for people who have consistently been represented in their sexual identity in movies and TV shows as like a punchline, as the slut or whore, as the creeper, as like the stereotype, it creates this idea, like societal idea that queer people aren't valid and people grow up with shows like friends the office and supernatural and they're taught that it's totally okay for the queers to be the butt of the joke that gay is an insult that two men kissing is worth a whole episode of shaming and reclaiming their manliness and uh, it's just it's frustrating and then for kids and young adults who start realizing their identity like can can you understand how they have like this internalized Uh, homophobia that was normalized throughout media and is still normalized even through anime so they not only have to battle homophobic transphobic biphobic peers and family members but they also have that inside their own minds and okay well i'm not i'm talking from personal experience i'm not saying that everyone has those negative ideas but that they were taught to us at a young age and so it's not uncommon for young queers like growing up to think of themselves as illegitimate because why would you ever want to be the person who is represented in media as like a joke as a forgotten character as someone who's brought in to be like a prop a plot device but never the star never the love interest and you're never the hero because that is only for straight people and even if they're baited especially if they're baited Oh, oh yeah, so Deku's like a little flirty, he's a little flirty, but no, he would never be that way because he's a hero. He has to be with a girl. Like, that's just the way the story goes. You don't get to be gay and a hero. You get one thing. You get one. You don't get to be both. You have to choose either you're straight in the main character or you're quirky in the side character and gay. Ugh, I... (laughs) Ah, it makes me mad. Um... So, I found this really awesome article, um, and so I wanted to shout out this quote because it was fucking awesome. Paulina Herrera on her campus. The article is called Queer Baiting and Eraser in Anime. She says, 
Queer baiting also tends to minimize and make fun of queer relationships, viewing this, them as fan service instead of actual opportunities to explore real relationships. Queer relationships are not there to entertain heteronormative viewers or to be fetishized. Rather, they are valid and real relationships that need respect. Fucking truth! It's just, it's disgusting and just kind of off-putting to see like a character that you identify with especially if you feel that they share a, a sexual identity with you and then to see that invalidated or used as a plot device or like just like a joke is just kind of disheartening and it's hard to come to terms with and it's hard it is kind of hard to enjoy a show that just kind of dismisses or in it's really hard to enjoy a show that like says oh we're being inclusive by having two characters act like they're in a relationship but no they would never do that those are two boys haha <laughs> they would never be anything but friends who go out on dates who share clothes who hold hand? No, God forbid. God. Not in my Christian Minecraft server. So yeah. Okay. So what isn't queer baiting? Chris, you want to start off with a anime that you believe does not queer bait? Uh, does Yuri on Ice count? <laughs> yes, Yuri on Ice counts. That's that's on my list too. Oh, I didn't think this far ahead. Uh um, well, definitely um, Sailor Moon with the redub and the reboot. Um, they are gay! And side tangent, because this is not a episode of Weeb Cafe without a side tangent, um, I went to WeebCon here in Texas a couple of weeks ago, and the rebooted VA for Sailor Neptune was there. And so while Jaleesa was waiting in line for another voice actor I went over to her table because she had no like line and so I was like talking with her and I was like yeah I really like you like in Sailor Moon and she's Annie on Attack of Titan <gasps> queen so I got an Annie print because she didn't have any Sailor Neptune ones but I was talking to her and she was so nice she called me a cutie pie and then I was like yeah I was like I really love you in Sailor Moon my partner and I cosplay Uranus and Neptune and she goes I love that anyways okay tangent over but we're not queer baited this time. Uh, what else has actual queer characters? I think the perfect example of not queer baiting, um, besides Yuri on Ice, which I think is uh, awesome, is Hanji from Attack on Titan, which is why I put Yuri on Ice as queer baiting and also not queer baiting because Hanji is like perfect. Like it is confirmed. They use either pronoun, um, either pronouns, whatever pronouns that they that they like. Um, they can switch between, and it's not it's not made as like Hanji doesn't have a whole arc where they're explaining their non-binariness, if that's a word. It's just canon. It's just there. They don't overtly talk about it but it's not like it's not a hyper focus and it's not their main character trait they're also a badass badass commander 
badass scientist, and they are also non-binary. I think where it comes from is, like, it's not the focus of them. Um, It's just already implanted into the story that you pick up on the context clues to not make it, like, a focal point. Like, oh my god, they're non-binary. Um, Or, like, it's just already there, and it's, like, accepted within the, like, realm of the series. Which is nice. That's how you should do it. Like, you don't always have to, like, have a huge, like, arc with it unless that's part of the story. Like, it's a coming out story. Which isn't really a thing in a lot of the anime that I've watched. Yeah. I guess Given. Given has a coming out. Or I guess, like, a realization of their sexuality. It does, and that would be another good series that doesn't queer bait. And you get to see the internal struggles of all four of the characters as they're figuring things out. Um, so you get to watch them kind of struggle, like, with, um, I forgot all of their names except for little peachy boy, um, black-haired guy, what's his name? I just call him Kageyama. <laughs> I was about to say, I want to call him Kageyama. But him, like, realizing that he's gay, or, like, not necessarily gay, realizing that he's queer and he's attracted to another male, um, and, like, fighting those fi- feelings while also, like, having the support system of, like, his love interest, who's like, I mean, it's fine, you know, you kind of figure it out, like, I'm here. Like, and then he's got trauma from his past, like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Given is a good anime, uh, the movie is not as great, we would not suggest it. It has, uh, sexual assault things that were not given as a warning, and so we were watching it, we're like, ooh. I will say, so long time ago i believe we mentioned it in whatever episode we ended up recording after that um it was supposed to be an episode we were going to do a review on it and i think for the best it's good that the footage got corrupted because neither of us liked it and i mean i guess if people really want a review on that um we can definitely go into it Uh, i'm just so fucking mad that nobody ever said anything to me it was never once mentioned in passing and people are normally really good about like here's some trigger warnings because i was triggered and i was not prepared to be triggered yeah oh i also i also forgot to say another anime that is an example of queer baiting which makes me kind of upset but it can't it does prove my point that you can still like an anime even though it does queer bait is my favorite anime of all time is Run With The Wind, and I love it so much. Ah, such a good show. So good. Go watch it. It's wonderful. But they do queerbait the two main characters, Kurohara and Haiji, are queerbaited. And you're probably like, why? How? Give us an example, Claire. I will give you an example, uh, random listener. Haiji literally has fantasies of Kurohara running naked. And he sees him in a galaxy with his naked body. And it's a representation of... It's it's a metaphor. I get it. I get that it's a metaphor of seeing him as this ethereal, like, perfect person. But you also can't ignore that it's baiting that he pictures him naked. Because he does. And it's also, I think it's just so normalized that people are like, well, everything does this. You would be right. Almost, oh, there are a lot, a lot of queer baiting in a lot of modern, very popular media. And so the fact that 
yeah. Even even the great animes, even the really popular ones, have a lot of queer baiting, and it's and it can be harmful and hurtful, mostly because of the impact that it has on the young people of today, which I already think are a lot more woke and considerate and accepting of people. And they can recognize that shows and characters, though we may like them, we should not emulate our personalities to them. Which I think is kind of hard with also I mean just because of how the last two years have been where everyone kind of being shut in and a lot of people got into anime over quarantine because there wasn't much else to do um and so I think there's a whole uh there was this whole oh man what was it like I think it was a thing on NPR am I showing my my nerdiness right now um where they talked about how because of the two years with youths and their growing brains and stuff like that, I am not explaining this well, but that the people, your personality is created by the people you surround yourself with in your formative years. And for two years, there weren't really a lot of people for others to hang out with. And so the media that they consumed like, help them shape their personality. And I know if I get really into a new show, I change my personality sometimes to emulate a character that I really like. I'm not saying I do it consciously, but I am saying I do it. (laughs) Okay, so, like, I think that's just a thing that everybody does. Like, because I do that with characters from movies, from TV shows, from anime, from books. Uh, but normally it's the characters that I already gravitate to because they remind me of myself. Um, that is also why I am a conglomerate of fucking gremlins. Back on topic. Okay, so one thing that I want to go into just really quickly before we do the, there are four kind of quotes that I found on Twitter and TikTok and stuff like that, um, that I've brought up and then we can address those quotes. But the one thing that I want to talk about is even if a hetero couple gets together at the end of the show and becomes canon, that does not mean the show doesn't queer bait. So it doesn't just erase what they've done. So if at the end of My Hero Academia, Uraka and Deku get together, that doesn't like erase the queer baiting that was done to inclusivize the show like that doesn't get it so an example of this is uh for Oren high school host club tamaki and haruhi are canonically together they get married and everything and we love it but that doesn't erase like the chemistry and the time that she had with the other host club members nor does it get rid of the times when the show hinted of other couples becoming canon so it doesn't just that doesn't just all go away because a couple becomes canon like that doesn't that's not how it works because if you start the show over or someone brand new starts the show they're going through they're like oh Hikaru and Haruhi are gonna get together they're so they go on the date they like they be all cute and they're like obviously like they're gonna get together once 
it gets to the end, and then they read the manga or whatever, and Haruhi and Tamaki get together, that doesn't change the fact that it was hinted that those two get together. And a lot of people are okay with that, obviously, because it's, because it's a straight couple, but if it was a, like, a gay couple, or a queer couple, then suddenly people think that it's okay to just be like, well, it didn't become canon, and therefore it's not queer baiting, because they ended up with, in a heteronormative <laughs> relationship afterwards. I think people need to look up the definition of queer baiting. Because what they just said is exactly queer baiting. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, and like this gets into the whole topic of um, erasing people's sexuality. Like, if you identify as queer or pan or bi or like any of that, and you do end up dating somebody of the opposite biological gender, it doesn't erase the fact that you still, like, this is your sexuality, um, which I know is a huge thing in, like, especially the, the bi and pan community when a male and a female are dating, but, like, one of them is or the other one is or they both are. Um, it's, like, not uh, erasing that. I totally get it because it's the same with with trans, trans people is you're still in a queer relationship because it's your identity. You identify as something. You identify as a lesbian. You identify as bi. And therefore, you and your partner, if a straight man dates a bi woman, that is still a queer relationship. And to the to the bi person, they it they're still they're still bi. It doesn't you your sexuality doesn't just turn off the moment you enter a heteronormative relationship. It doesn't disappear. It's still there. So I think it's, I think it's easier for people to kind of forget or push to the back of their mind the queer relationships of bi or pan people because on the outside it looks heteronormative. And they don't want to take the time, or they don't want to respect the people who are in that relationship. So, just don't be a dick. And just recognize that we're just trying to find love, man. We're just trying to be happy. And, you, and it's just always just kind of a, not a hindrance. But it's just kind of hard to be okay with even sometimes telling friends, family, like, I can't even imagine being out in, like, school or high school. Like, for those who were and for those who are, I applaud you. I am so proud of you. You're doing a great job. Um... My high school, I, even though when I was in high school, I kind of figured it out, but I did not have the courage and I would not have been really able to handle all that. And especially with, because I grew up with Friends, The Office, and the way that those shows treated gay people or treated 
two men kissing or two girls kissing. It just didn't give me a lot of confidence and security in telling anyone about my sexual identity. So that fucking pisses me off! I think, like, I didn't come to any realization until I was in college. Um, but I do have a vivid memory. I think I kind of knew in high school, and then I just kind of, like, ignored it. Um, but I do remember telling my best friend at the time. We were sleeping over at her house, and we were, like, talking about boys or something like that, because I had, like, this huge crush on this guy in the percussion. God, and he was a hockey player! He's engaged now, it's fine. Um, But... I remember her telling her, like, you know, if I was gay, like, I would totally be into you. And she went, ew. And, like, I shut down so fast. And I was like, all right, we're never talking about that again. Yeah, that's shitty. Okay, let's go into the quotes that I have seen multiple times on social media platforms. I'm gonna read them. And then Chris is gonna react to them. So I'm taking, I'm taking the side of uh, the weird... I've seen them being calling themselves, I'm just being the devil's advocate. Alright. But people don't get mad when two hetero couples don't get together. So why are you so upset? Because hetero is the fucking norm. Like, there are so many outlets of media that have hetero couples. We don't get many gay people, okay? Well, and then it's like, on top of that, like, it's the norm. You know they're going to get together. There's another set of struggles that comes with being in the LGBT community trying to make your place in the world. Again, it's far more accepting currently than it used to be. Like, one of my aunts, actually technically I have two gay aunts, um, but one has been out since she was, like, in high school. And she was telling me one time that um, they had gone out to dinner. It was, like, her, her girlfriend, and then my other aunt and my dad. And um, that she remembers they having to hold hands, like, under the table and, like, hoping nobody would see them. So the fact that it's more widely accepted now means it should be also more widely accepted in the media that we consume, which the media is still a few steps behind. It's getting better, like I said. But in order to also bring in these types of, like, relationships, we need to kick out the boomers <laughs> for making all the content. They really just need to take a step back. They're not going to be inclusive. If they're not going to play nice and they don't have anything nice to say, you shouldn't say it at all. Cosplayers make shit videos so they can't complain about it because they're profiting from it. Again, it's different. There's a difference between us living out our fantasies that we are represented in media and the intent, remember, queer baiting is a marketing intent for entertainment to depict homo, like, romance and queer romance without the follow-through. So we're the follow-through. It's the same with, it's like fan fiction. Fan fiction writers didn't get what they wanted, and so they create their own. Says the fan fiction writer. Says, says me. Listen. You Nicolo Sasha fanfiction. I love my Nicolo Sasha fanfiction. I will stand by that till I die. It is the best thing I've ever written. But there's just, you can't hate on people for wanting to give us something that we weren't given. 
it's really fun to dress up as a character and get to live out the the kind of fantasy that I wish the show had. I wish that Kurahara and Haiji had got together. I wish they had. I know that there are many people, there are many cosplayers who do Gyu and, and Sabito on uh, from Demon Slayer and even a lot of anime like commentators and skit writers write characters as gay. Hashtag John Armin writes recently got into that ship because it's freaking awesome. Oh god. Really? Yes! No. 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 Armin Mikasa! Armin Mikasa! Armin Mikasa! I stand by it! That's valid. And I respect you. I really thought you were gonna say, but you're wrong. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. I respect- we respect ships here. But yeah. Cosplayers are making content for themselves. Entertainment media does it as a plot point or- But they're like, no, it's- it's inclusive because I just confirmed that one of them also sees, like, a member of the same gender in a- in a romantic way, possibly. Like, it's not the same thing. Alright. I think the other two questions are- or, well, okay, what do you think about the quote, but they're just best friends, can't they just be friends? It's for people who don't see the queer baiting and they think they're just being friends. See, this is a tricky question. Because if people aren't looking for it, they're not going to look for it. But obviously there are very uh, standout moments that are like, mm. That's not, that's not, like, just we're best buds. Like, specifically, a really good example is the twins from Oron. So, apparently, I'm not entirely sure if this is canon, but I have been told before by a friend that the reason they are so, like, disgustingly close, and I use disgustingly because they are actual siblings, they are blood-related, um, is because they, um, it's based off of the Chinese, um, folktale that they were, um, lovers in a past life and they were cursed or something like that. So then coming back, um, they were cursed to love each other without being able to love each other. Oh. Again, not entirely sure if that's canon. I was told that by somebody else, but... It's not just that they're siblings and they're really close. Like, me and my sibling are very close as well. And we do act similar to them, but not, like, in a disgusting way. Um, but when they, like, get up in their faces and they're gonna kiss and they're, like, doing the little, like, soft bedroom voices and, like, romantically looking into each other's eyes, that's not a, oh, we're just really close. That's, like, there's something weird going on there behind closed doors. And again, with that, why aren't they just best friends? If you look at it, there are telltale signs that it's more of somebody's in love with somebody else, and it's not just like we're best bros. You know, you gotta you gotta kind of read between the lines, if that makes any sense. I feel like that was a terrible answer. No, I think you did it, but I think because think about because people are like, oh, obviously Urakas is in love with Deku. Like, obviously, look at the way that she looks at him. Now take that mindset. And put it into free Iwatobi Swim Club. 
the way that those boys look at each other, <laughs> if we're saying that Uraka is in love with Deku, then you cannot tell me that Rin and Haru are not so gay for each other. Like, you cannot say that to my face. Because the, the, it's just, it's the same. And the thing is, is that the intent, you have to focus on the intent. If you didn't take it that way, then okay. But their intent was to do so. The intent was to make it seem like, oh, they're like, they're getting so close, they're gonna kiss. Oh, the way he talks about him is just like, oh, he's obsessed with him. He's in love with him. He can't stop thinking about him. Like, that's, there are other shows that do that with straight couples, and it's seen as fine and good and normalized. Like, Kamisama Kiss. The way Tomo Mitsuri, and um, Nanami all, like, look and act towards each other, even in their little love triangle thing, take that kind of tension that those characters have. And you can find other animes that have that similar tension, such as, um, as Chris was saying earlier, Fruits Basket, um, or Free, or Haikyuu, uh, stuff like that. It's just the way that the characters treat each other is similar, but therefore because one of them is a more heteronormative one, it's more accepted widely as canon rather than the ones where it's two people of the same gender and they're doing it, more more queer relationships. It's it's hard because it you can't like prove it because none of the companies are gonna come out and be like Oh yeah, we definitely just really wanted to make it gay, but we also like didn't want to follow through with it because gay is weird and gay is bad and we would never align ourselves with that kind of mindset. No, it's just it's just for the views. No, it's totally fine for best friends to push each other up against a fence, get their noses touching and talk about how they're going to beat them no matter what. Yeah, sure, that's totally normal. Yeah, I do that on the reg all the time. <laughs> Claire, what do you mean? I do that to every time I see you. Yeah, and we're gay. And, and then we get so case close that we almost make out. And then, you know... Then we remember we're straight. Oh yeah, hella straight. Yeah. Uh -huh. Jalitza is totally a boy's name. And Lauren, as we know, is so so manly. Definitely not a Lolita. Definitely not an actual Lolita. <laughs> okay. I hate us, it's fine. We really found... The femmes. <laughs> you and I are the butches. Let's just accept it, Claire. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll bust out my mushroom shirt right now. Not the mushrooms! Um, okay. So that was... That was our rant. And so actually, Chris had this awesome idea. So we're actually going to read our <laughs> Apple review... Uh, reviews from our podcast on uh, Apple Podcast. Um... I don't know if Spotify, I don't know if you can do that on Spotify. I know you can rate a show on Spotify. But I think you can only rate. I don't think you can actually leave reviews. But, so we have three reviews on um, Apple Podcasts with, like, actual reviews, not just star rating. Because we have seven ratings. Only three reviews. 
Little Salty Somebody left us a four-star review and then didn't tell us what was wrong with it. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I've not read these. So these are also from when we first started the podcast <laughs> to now. Uh, you want to read the oldest one first? Yes, sure. So this one was from David M. Wine. A wonderful weebcast. Five stars. As a huge anime fan, I really enjoyed their Angel Beats review. The hosts have ter- terrific energy together and keep you entertained, even if you're not an anime fan. Thank you, David. I will say, so David is a the co-host for um, Shonen Flop, who I listen to that podcast religiously. Him and uh, his co-host are absolutely hilarious. I would definitely recommend it if you like reading manga. They cover... Um, manga from shonen jump that's been discontinued and like their commentary and everything is absolutely hilarious okay next we have one from ashwee's cosplay who is a friend of mine she said such a fun podcast five stars claire and oh she used my whole name no ash (laughs) claire and chris are a pleasure to listen to i like the variety of the episodes and especially loved the name the op episode and how much fun the two hosts are clearly having Hell yeah. We're just chaotic. So anytime we get to spend time together, I'm just like, yes. I get to finally let go of the societal pressures that hold on to make me feel like I don't have to be a chaotic gremlin. Um, there's a reason why we have to live three and a half hours away from each other. The world cannot take more than a weekend of us together. It would, it would explode. It almost did last time we got together. Do you not remember? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Can we just talk about, wait, this is so, this is a tangent. And I think that maybe it would be fun to like talk about this more in detail. But we went to a cosplay getaway with some of our friends. And it was just a few of us. And we went to this weird place out in Springville, Texas, which is right off of Bee Cave in the middle of fucking nowhere. We go up to this Airbnb. We were in Spicewood. Spicewood, Spicewood. Spicewood, Texas. And the place that we were staying had a fucking witch altar. <laughs> like, literally, like, bones, dead logs, animals, skulls, the whole shit. And then, our second day there, all of our knives went missing. And our kitchen scissors. Which, I mean, like, scary, creepy. And the wine opener. You can't forget the wine opener! We couldn't even drink wine! I was so upset i get it you want to scare us you want to take the knives sure okay do that but at least let me have my alcohol (laughs) so that's what happened last time chris and i hang hung out together for more than two days all right going back up to our last review really quickly by bottled up bitches love the name i am in love you guys have an instant fan. I absolutely love anime, and I'm obsessed with you both. You have such great vibe, and I love your reviews and advice. As you know, the anime community can be so judgmental, and I love that you guys are so accepting. Wow, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> that was really sweet, actually. Oh my god, you melted my heart. That's hard to do. Yeah, Chris's heart is made of rock metal. <laughs> it is. Uh... I know they followed us on Twitter, so and I followed them back. I haven't had a chance to listen to their podcast. I need to add it into my repertoire of podcasts I listen to. I guess that is about it. Um, 
please, please, please rate us on Spotify and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, helps other people find the show, and we definitely want to spread to more people. Make sure to also, if you don't want to do that, you can send us an email, like an old school uh, person, and at weebcafepodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to follow Chris, Chris Because Plays, on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and me, I am ClaireWitchProject.cause on the Instagram and the Clock app. And we will see you in two weeks. Have a great day. Stay weeby. Bye.